Hello, welcome to the Bootstrap from Taiwan podcast. This is episode number one. My name is Lance Chen, and I'm a software developer. This is a show about me sharing my journey on finding the path to bootstrap a profitable business. The reason why I'm starting this show is that I have been listening to several other bootstrappers podcasts along the way, like the Art of Product podcast, hosted by Ben Ornstein and Derek Reimer, Bootstrap Web by Brian Castle and Jordan Gao, Out of Beta by Peter Sum and Matt Winson, Builder SaaS by Justin Jackson and John Buda, and Software Social by Colin Schnadler and Michelle Hansen. These podcasts are so helpful to me figuring out what I want and what are some possible ways to try it out. Justin Jackson has quoted this Seth Golden's words several times on his podcast. People like us do things like this. I want to become one of those bootstrappers. So I'm here to share my journey. And I believe one day it will be helpful to people who want to become a bootstrapper like us. Besides, I want to use this podcast as a way to introspect. People like us, the technical people, constantly fall into this rabbit hole called building stuff and leave no time to think. I know that's me, and I can't and I don't want to be like that anymore. A better version of this is to have a co-host to keep each other accountable, preferably one in a different stage of business than I am. As you... As you may have noticed, those podcasts I mentioned earlier are all hosted by two hosts. That's what I want. But until I find someone, I'll try to keep myself accountable. I quit my highest paid job ever last June. And instead of looking for another job, I figured that I want to start my own business. Part of the reason was that Deep in my mind, I have always wanted to start my own thing. During the days in my corporate jobs, I constantly felt that if I understand the business part more, I could build better software to fit the need. And I want to be the one that have made massive impact on making money for the company I've worked for. The other part of the reason was that at the moment, I was an expectant father of my second son. And I guess every expectant parents feel this responsibility out of nowhere. I want to share this to all expectant parents listening to this podcast and wanting to start your own business. This is the hardest part to me so far. With two young kids, you have so less time to work, plus you're constantly interrupted. Especially for us, the software developer, it is a nightmare context switching all the time. So after I made the decision, I partnered with three other colleagues who quit their jobs as well. We brainstormed several ideas and picked the one that was to build a audio-based dating app. Because one of the co-founders have some friends who spend a lot, of, a lot of money on dating apps. At the moment, I have watched all the video curriculums from Y Combinator's startup school and read the Lean Startup and From Zero to One. So 
I figure we should follow some best practices. Um, the first one is build an MVP, which means to have the minimal set of required features. Number two is the MVP should not take more than a few weeks to build, and you should put a time limit on it. And the final one is don't spend time on making the app beautiful. Build the functionalities first, and have them validated with customers as quickly as possible. We will improve the UI along the way. So I shared my thoughts with my co-founders, and it seemed that they feel skeptical on some part of it. But since none of us had started a startup company before, we agreed to try it out. So we spent some time laying out the features we thought were mandatory, and we figured to have them finished in four weeks. The UI part was probably the one we disagreed the most on. I suggested we don't do any design in the beginning. Just focus on the functionalities first, and some co-founders suggested the other way. Because people who use dating apps generally don't even want to try out those that look bad, I think both perspectives are right. It is just different approaches. So we bought a Flutter theme online that fit our use case the most, hoping that we could have done minimal changes to it. And then we start to work on the app. All four of us are software developers, but we decided that three of us work on the technical part, and one of us work on the product and marketing parts. And after maybe six or eight weeks, we still didn't have a working app that we could talk to each other through audio. Here are some reasons I thought that contribute to a large part of the failure. First, we adopted new technologies like Flutter and WebRTC, and it just takes time to get familiar with new stuff. Second, the mindset of having some basic design UI. It ended up taking much more time than we thought we need to make the app look good, because whenever we were trying to tweak the purchase thing to fit our need, every bit feels wrong, and it takes time to make it look okay. Number three, having three people to collaborate on one code base. From scratch is hard, especially it is a technology that we were not familiar with. Number four, we did not have the courage to cut off features. Instead, the feature list grew. It should not have grown. It should have only be shortened. But we just kept coming up with features. That we thought are mandatory, but did not think of in the first place. 
and we thought if if we did not include these new features, people would not use it. We even hired a designer to design icons and graphics for these new features. The last one, the idea of a dating app did not resonate with most of us. Most of us did not have a need of a dating app and we did not talk to anyone that need one. We were just building on our imagination. Meanwhile, I had been scheduling weekly one-on-ones with each co-founders to talk about our status. I can feel that we were not enjoying what we were doing, though we were not used to share our feelings to others. At some point, I suggested to others that we should stop working on the dating app and try something else. So we started searching for a new idea. The work of aimlessly searching for ideas online does not make sense for some co-founders because as a software developer, we were used to be assigned tasks and work on them one by one. After some time, one co-founder proposed an idea about the stock market that he had confidence that it will make money, but that idea did not resonate with me at all. So the co-founder suggested that we split into two teams. Two of us work on the stock market idea while the other two keep searching for the quote-unquote real startup idea for us. I didn't like the idea of working parallel on two things as a team, but eventually I agreed to try it out. While two of us working on the stock market idea, me and one other co-founder kept searching for the real idea to work on. We worked individually and shared what we found with each other constantly. At some point, I came up with a government open data set that showed the amount of overseas packages importing into Taiwan increased in double digit percentage year over year for four or five years already. Okay, a fast growing market chat. And then I found on an internet forum that for many years, people constantly share that they have trouble receiving packages. Unlike United States, delivery men here in Taiwan do not drop packages at your doorstep they will randomly show up at your house during the working hours or at best call you right before they come to your house and if you're not at home they will try again the next day the nature of this synchronous delivery method causes a lot of trouble for people who work at normal hours during the day 
to receive their packages in time. Because delivery men also do not deliver while people are off the work in the evening and on weekends. Okay, so a painful problem checked. So I proposed to the other co-founder that we should go after this idea. It did not resonate with him very much, but he agreed to try it out. And we have been searching for ideas about for about a month at the moment. Same approach this time. We quickly laid out the mandatory features to build, and aim to finish the MVP in four weeks. What was different this time is that we agreed to not have any design besides just using the native stuff we got in Flutter, and we kept the amount of check-ins and meetings minimal. Only meet once or twice every week. After four weeks, we still did not finish what we have planned in the first place. But this time, we have not added any new features to our list. All ideas came up during the time we were building the app, were put into the backlog for future reference, and. We have only a few known stuff left to be finished, compared to the first time. It is a skateboard this time, instead of four car wheels. If we describe our status using Basecamp's hill chart, we were on the downhill. So. I dis uh, we decided to extend our time limit a little bit to finish the app, and then move on move on to the phase of figuring out how to acquire customers. At this moment, the other team working on the stock market idea had not finished their MVP yet, and it was about six weeks in since they started to work on the idea. One of the co-founder was eager to participate in our project, since his part on the on that side had almost done. I rejected him. I preferred him to put more effort into the other project, and had it launched first before joining us. But he still wanted to join us, although we had been working parallel as two team. He thought both parties should more or less participate in the other one. I disagreed. I feel I could only focus on one thing at a time, as Jason Cohen said. Building a business is hard. Don't make it harder than than it needs to be. Since then, things started to go bad. The last straw was. One day we were close to finish up the app, and we were tweaking the map functionality to put some icons. The other co-founders co started to nitpick the color of the icons, saying that 
it did not stand out enough for users to recognize the difference. It could have been just an easy and nice discussion on the topic, but I suddenly realized how different we were in the mindset and how we act. After a few days of struggles, I decided to part ways with the other three co-founders and started my own journey independently. It was around October of 2020, about four months in since we started the company together. We had not launched anything yet, and right before I left the company, my second son was born. It definitely put weight on my shoulders and made me determine to win solo as I can no longer lingering in the environment that I did not fit in. In the long run, I might still want a co-founder, but for now, I'm going solo. I took a few days off and quickly got back to the logistics service I mentioned earlier. I rethought through the user experience of the app and I felt that asking user to download a new app from App Store for a service that they have not heard of or think of before might be a really high friction. I decided to rewrite the app into a web app and build a landing page for it. I have already built the app once it shouldn't take too much time to build it again. And this time, it took me two to three months to finish the web app and the landing page. Right before the Chinese New Year, around January this year, I launched the app and the landing page and spreaded messages in some local Facebook groups. During the Chinese New Year holiday, I felt exhausted and I lost my momentum and morale. And as I thought through what exactly did that mean to run this business, I started to realize that it might not be an ideal business for me. First of all, it is a marketplace business, which means I have to acquire both sides of the customers to make it run. I have known this in the first day, but not until now have I understand what did that mean. It requires a, a lot of capitals and labor resources, and none of the, these did I have and none of these can be afforded by a business that wants to be profitable on day one. Second, it was a B2C business, and I had decided to be a customer-paid service. And I heard that it is really hard to have happy B2C customers. Third, it was designed to be low amounts of transactional price point. 
I could change the pricing model to be recurring, but it will still be at low price point, and that means I need a lot of customers to be prof profitable, a lot. A thousand customers will not be enough. So after I came back from the holiday, I stopped working on the idea. I did not take off the landing page and web app. I just stopped thinking about it. One decision I made at this time was not to restrict myself to build a business in Taiwan. As Taiwan is a really small country, and it forms a low ceiling on how much a business could possibly grow locally. More than that, I restrict myself to try to come up with ideas that work out of Taiwan and don't even consider to test out the idea locally first. I want to force myself out of the comfort zone. Around that time, my cousin referred me a con contract job. We had been talking about this for a while, and it was the time that the project had just started. My cousin owns a industrial automation agency. They helped factories automate their assembly lines by wiring up machines and equipments with PLCs and program those PLCs to run the assembly lines however the clients want. For example, controls robot arms to pick up things and conveyor belts to move things around or humongous ovens to put heat on things and etc. Nowadays, a factory automation project typically requires four parties, the client itself, a machinery company to design the assembly lines, and industrial automation company to automate the assembly lines. This was my cousin's company in charge of, and a software company to build software which bridges humans and the automated machinery and this was me. This was my first ever freelancing job. It was quite different than the typical freelancing jobs that people in my circle would take. Normally it would be a website for a restaurant and whatnot. Meanwhile, I started to try out different things. The first one was a paid newsletter. I picked up reading every day again around the time, and I thought I could summarize a chapter of the book I was reading at a time every day and provide it as a paid newsletter. Because comparing to all the fractional information on the internet, books are well thought and organized knowledge that is much more valuable. I quickly abandoned this idea. 
first after reaching out to my friend Wei Chen. He thought that what everyone absorbed from my book are quite different, and I agree with that. And second, I read slow and cannot articulate and summarize the content good enough. At some point around this time, something unexpected happened. A pros prospect customer of the logistics service reached out, asking for the service. The customer reached out through the Facebook Messenger chat widget that I have put on the landing page. Instead of trying out their web app. This matched a experience that many other entrepreneurs have shared online, that what the customer want is the service, not the software. I decided to provide this customer the service, and I thought I might want to restart the work again on this idea, if it went went well. And unfortunately. Covid nineteen outbreak in Taiwan soon after I accepted the service, and I decided again that this customer was the first one and also the last one. Meanwhile, I started searching for ideas around the coffee industry because I was reading Arvid Kaul's book, The Embedded Entrepreneur. And learning about the concept of Amy Hoy's thirty by five hundred course, they suggested that you should start by picking an audience you have connections in, and provide values to the tribe. I love coffee. I make pour over coffee every day. So I came up with this idea to use AI to detect. Coffee green bean defects, as I knew that a few defect beans would turn a cup of coffee bad. I started looking around how to determine whether or not a bean is defect, and purchased some green beans online, and started to learn to select defect beans. Of different types of coffee beans, and roast the rest of the good beans, for my own sake. I didn't know that exact number, but I knew that a commercial sorting machine was probably pretty expensive. So I thought maybe I could build a smaller one that is affordable by independent coffee shop. My gut feeling told me that it is probably feasible to train a deep learning neural network to classify whether a photo of one coffee bean is a defect or not. If I can build a sorting machine at home with easily accessible materials like a Raspberry Pi, with a camera, and some stepping motors, I would have a machine that automatically. Collect training data, and also act as a proof of concept for the idea. So I started to purchase parts online, 
and experimented with different mechanism ideas, exactly like how Tony Stark developing the first real Iron Man suit in his gorgeous house in the movie. After experimenting for a month or two, I figured that it would not be a good idea to build such a machine. First was that I didn't really have the skills to put together a flawless machine to do what I wanted to do. Even if I can, it would be expensive. After all, I'm not Tony Stark. Second, having a business that depends a lot on a physical product did not sound like a good idea at all. So I started to think about any ways that I could have the coffee roasters leverage what they already have. The idea is not to have the work be done automatically. Instead of provide something, instead provide something which assists assists the roasters. To do the work easier, so I searched the internet again for how roasters actually do the job by hands, and I came up with this idea that using our smartphone camera to capture a photo of a pile of coffee green beans, and use image recognition to detect all the defect beans in the image at once. So the roasters could easily locate all the defect beans and pick them out. Then I went back to experiment a bit again. After I tried out a bunch of machine learning frameworks and models, I had the sense that it would be feasible, but require more effort. I decided to put up a landing page. And test out the idea on the internet first. I invested some time in Reddit and some coffee roaster Facebook groups. And different than the logistics service idea, I did not see many people rant about this pain point in those forums. I was scared a bit. Could I have just found out that? It is not an issue for the coffee roasters after investing so much time on it. So I decided to post my question on one of the coffee roaster Facebook group, asking whether or not defect beans is an issue to them. It turned out it was only an issue for hobbyists. Who purchase green beans online and roast at home, and even them, just switch their sources for green beans, have them found the quality went bad. For the roasteries, they always purchase high quality premium beans. Okay, case closed. My imagination solution would probably work for coffee farmers. Or exporters, and they are mostly located in the Africa 
or Central and South America. And they probably, probably are not on Reddit or Facebook discussing the pain. Even they do, they would have been solving the issue with an expensive commercial sorting machine. And here I am now, searching for my next idea again. It has been over an year since I started the journey. And although I am not onto anything yet, I have definitely learned something. If I could start again, I would want to hop on the startup journey earlier, trying to bootstrap a business with two toddlers is really, really hard. And I wish I have started the journey way back when I had a lot of free time. I have the mindset to not make any decision that I will regret on afterwards. And this is something I sort of regret on. Think back to those time working in corporate jobs. I don't think I have really gained anything else besides technical skills and paychecks. But that's life. You cannot split test your life. Also, there is no one correct answer in businesses. And there is no one playbook that guarantees success. What we can do is to learn more options we have and make our best decision on trying out the possible option to success. And the other thing is that SEO really works. I have not really launched anything on the internet before the logistics service landing page and web app. And ever since I got the first and also the last customer from the widget embedded on the landing page, I have constantly got messages from prospects through the landing page asking whether it is still in business or not until now. And that's all my brain done about my experience through in the past 15 months. I have two ideas that I want to try out now and I will lead them to the next episode. One little behind the scenes story of this very first episode that I want to share before I wrap up. I have tried to record this episode about two weeks ago and it was terrible. Mainly because I have just prepared some bullet points that I wanted to go through beforehand. And I can't really turn them into fluent sentences. Maybe it's because I'm not a native English speaker, or maybe it's because I have not speak English for a long time. I sounded dead and unconfident. So I decided to write down every sentences in Notion first and re-record again today. I hope I sound better this time. I guess I will have to do it this way for the first few episodes and hopefully I get better over time. Okay, 
I will be back soon. Show notes could be found on bootstrapfromtaiwan.com, and you can reach out to me on Twitter at lenschantw. Bye.